Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching today, your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. There'll be more for you than there'll be against you. Amen. Greater is he that lives on the inside of me than he that is in the world. Amen. The very power that, if you're a believer, listen to this, the very power that raised Jesus from the dead makes his home inside of each and every one of us. Amen. So it doesn't matter what's coming up against us. Let me tell you what, we're just going to stay faithful. We're going to keep shouting to the walls. And let me tell you what, those walls of Jericho are going to keep falling down. They're going to keep falling down. They're going to keep falling down. Let me tell you what, you just got to grab this in the spirit right now in Jesus' name because this is how we fight our battles. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And Pastor's been talking about it. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faithfulness. So we're just going to keep being faithful. We're going to keep running the race. We're going to lay aside everything that can hinder us. And we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And let me tell you what, we've already got the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm glad to find out that uh, Trey thinks I'm going up. I'd like to say welcome to anybody that's here in the auditorium and those that are viewing by live stream, this is your first time. We want to say thank you for being with us. And also, yeah, let's let them know. We appreciate it. Also, if you're searching during this time of nonsense in our generation, we believe your search will be over. Once you've been introduced to Jesus, the day of your searching will have to cease because you found what you've been looking for. And, uh, and we want to say, you just take it from here with him and you're going to be okay. Amen. You know, I, I, my, my heart's kind of full with everything that's going on. God's, God's good all the time, even with man's nonsense. And uh, we've had a lot of nonsense in the last couple of years. And you think just about the time it's getting to an end, then some man does something stupid all over again. And God's been good. This, what we're going through is not new to God. God foreplanned us to be prepared. And we're going to talk about some things today. Uh, Trey touched on them. We're going to talk about some things. Our subject matter is going to be Christ. The law, there is a law that governs the new creation, and that law is the law of Christ. One of the greatest perceptions that we have had that has been, how would I say, it really is incorrect. That we think that Jesus came to save us from our sins, to, and he did come to save us from our sins. Everybody with that? But we think the purpose of that is to take us to a place called heaven. Now, don't misunderstand. When a person is forgiven of their sins, receive Jesus into their heart. If, if they leave this body, they're going to a place called heaven. But that's never been the goal. 
And most people think that that's the goal. In the meantime, you got to do the best you can in the nasty now and now and hope that you'll get to heaven when you die. You know, I'm expecting. And I don't want to misplace that, but if, if that's all you're getting out of it, you're going to go through a hard time and you're going to wonder where God's at. And the Word of God says plainly, He will never, if you're a believer, He would never leave you, fail you, or forsake you. And that means right now. I have a way of putting it, and I know that I'm a little bit different, but I just kind of let my personality come out, I guess, a little bit. If heaven was the goal, it seems like to me that God would have turned to the angel Scotty and said, beam them up before they screw up. <laughs> How many of you know that once you got, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you wasn't beamed out of here? Life on this planet can be tough. But the goodness of God is bigger than, than fallen human nature. And that's what we have to contend with. Fallen human nature comes into being through the fall of Adam and Eve. And there is a system that was set up by that act. And that is a system in which the devil becomes the god of that system. It's called, the, he's called the god of this world. Now he's not talking about the god of the planet. Okay? Everybody with that? Pay attention right here. He's not called the God of the planet. He's called the God of the, of the world. The, when you refer to the world here in that place, you're referring to a system. That system is governed by, listen carefully, the law of sin and death. Every system is governed by laws. Every system. You have a digestive system. And there are certain laws, you may not think about them, but there are laws that govern that system. If there is something wrong or rebellion against those laws, how many of you understand your digestive system goes into chaos? I've had digestive systems before, uh, uh, failure before, and it is not comfortable, okay? And uh, you don't want them. I, if you've never had them, I promise you don't want them. Every system has set a set of laws. That worldly system does not mean, even though it's, it's taken over by the devil, uh, doesn't mean that there's not a law that that absolutely governs it. And it's called the law of sin and death. Every person born into the world with a natural father, listen carefully, has had fallen human nature passed on to them. Isn't it interesting? You don't have to teach your children to be misbehave. How many of you know those sweet little darling infants will one day misbehave? Right? They're going to do that. What causes that is the nature of the system is in them. Now Jesus came 
to give us a new system. It's called the new creation. And if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, I encourage you to do so today. Just give him everything. Give him your whole life. Take, take my heart. And, and you say, it, it, some people may view today through live stream and say, well, is he real? Well, just tell him. God, if you're real, come into my life. Jesus, if this is so, come into my heart. Okay? He came to give us a new system. It's called the new creation or, if we could put it this way, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, listen carefully, we all talk about it coming and being set up on earth. My dad used to put it like this when I'd hear him preach, and he'd say that the, the, uh, he's going to come in you before he comes for you. So this system's going to be set up in us before it is set up around us. Are you following? And this new system changes the whole perspective of your life. It's not something you do just on Sunday morning. It is something that absolutely changes your whole trajectory, if you would, or your whole attitude, your way of thinking, your way of doing. Listen carefully. In every avenue of your life, in your marriage, in your family, uh, the way you conduct yourself uh, in the business world, uh, entertainment, okay, entertainment. I've said this for years and some people look at me, well, he's, you know, God's not, I, I've dealt with some people through the years that think, well, God's not interested in none of that stuff. Yes, he is. He's interested in governments. God instituted governments. You go look it up in the New Testament. He says to Paul, Paul told Timothy, I set up those governments. Now listen carefully. That doesn't mean that fallen human nature doesn't pervert them. But governments are of God. Now the greatest form of government that people miss is self-government. Thank God you live in America. Those that don't, it, what's in America is not just for America. If you go back and study our, the founding of our nations, God took imperfect man, but as they looked towards him, he gave them an ingenious system for this form of government. I'm just going to throw this out here and move on. This is not... We're not going to talk about it very much. But you'll notice that the triunity of God, listen carefully to what I just said. I said the triunity of God. The triunity of God works in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Or another way it was put in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. Are you, did you hear that? That's exactly the way our government's set up in America. You have the prophets, which is referred to the Senate. Okay? And then you have the priests, which is the House of Representatives, which represents the people to 
the administrative or executive branch, which is called the President of the United States. Are you following? Everybody with me? Yes. Okay. These are all set up because the founding fathers looked into the Bible. Now, I'm not going to go into a history lesson now, but I'm trying to help you understand the kingdom of God is to influence every avenue, every aspect of humanity. The thing is, we have trusted our own fallen human nature and we've allowed ourselves, when we, when we get those systems messed up, is where we get into fallen human nature. See, the devil works the worldly system through fallen human nature. Fallen human nature can be jerked around. Everybody here? Yeah. Okay, I know I'm talking to you direct. But it's time that the church get direct. Amen. I, we're running out of time. In fact, I guarantee you if we realized how much time is left before the close of this age... I promise you, you would change your, your priorities. We live in the last of the last days. What you're seeing happen with Russia and the Ukraine is a prelude. Listen carefully. It's a prelude to the Battle of Armageddon. I didn't say it was the Battle of Armageddon. I said, it's a prelude. The stage is being set. And God wants the body of Christ to understand why we're here. We're here to reach the masses in a very short period of time. When you are in a full-scale conflict, you do not have time to pet feelings. We are in a spiritual conflict. It is reflected in our natural world. But we're in that conflict. And we have to understand a few things. Jesus, help me. Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge. Help us to open our hearts and minds. Lord, give me correct words to convey thoughts of understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to talk about the fullness of Christ. In the new creation, there are laws, are, and let me help you, that is a system. God is a God of order. He doesn't do things randomly. We do things randomly. In fact, we do things based upon how we feel, not based upon a principle most of the time. Uh, it's just like eating. We don't, we, we, what, what, what we've done is we've allowed ourselves to love to eat. And God says you need to eat to live, not live to eat. And eating can become a God to you. Ooh, wow. 
When I scroll on Facebook and all that some people put on there is the meal they're eating. <laughs> that lets me know something. Are you following? So we've got, to, we've got to get some clarity about our priorities. Don't misunderstand me. I like eating. If I'm not careful, you give me a good, fresh, homemade apple pie. This ain't no store-bought thing. I will eat the whole thing in one setting. And then I'll be crying for the Rolades. Say, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. That's what fallen human nature will do. In the kingdom of God, there is a, God gives us a new nature. Jesus came to give you his life. It's called the life of Christ. We put Jesus over here and us way down here. Jesus went into the lower parts of the earth, the Bible says, to raise us up together so that we could be seated together. He came to give us his way of living. He said, well, that's impossible to do. It's impossible as long as you yield to the flesh. That's why he says crucify it. Okay, he says crucify it. Crucify the flesh. What does he mean to crucify? He means learn to deaden your emotions, your feelings, your motivations, and everything that are attached to that nature. Because I'm going to give you a new nature. Thank you, Jesus. There are laws that govern this system. One of the laws that govern this system, and a law is nothing more than a principle based on truth that sets up the course by which the system is going to run. Since we're talking about the kingdom of God, there are laws that govern it. To access, listen carefully, and I've, I've tried to help people understand this for, for, for a long time. We've had a lot of teaching in the last number of years about grace. One of the greatest misconceptions about grace is that grace is the opposite of the law and the law is opposite of grace and that is contrary to what the Bible says. I dare you to go look in the New Testament and underline all the different laws that are mentioned there. Let me give you an example. The law of the spirit like the what? law of the spirit life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That is a law. What's it governing? It governs this system. If you're going to operate in the new creation system, which Jesus paid for you to, then you're going to have to enter into the law of the spirit life. It will absolutely free you from the law of sin and death. However, even if, even if, even if you believe in Jesus and you operate in the law of sin and death, you are in bondage. Are you hearing me? 
God wants us to be freed from this world system. Okay? Thank you, Lord. There is another law that operates in the new creation. It's called the law of faith. Now, I'm going to touch briefly on it because this is very important. The law of faith is how you access. It's the legal entry. For example, we have doors into this auditorium. That is the legal entry. That's the access into this building. If you climb through a window, Jesus put it like this in John chapter 10, you're a thief because you came through an illegal access. All right, everybody here? Okay. So faith is the legal access into, listen carefully, the law of the spirit life. And this is going to take it to another. We're going to, there's another law called the law of Christ, which is mentioned. It's called the law of Christ, which we're going to, we're going to pinpoint that in just a minute. You have access. That you have to use the law of faith. Now, what is the law of faith? The law of faith is not the law of human confidence. When the Bible talks about faith, he's talking about the God kind. Okay? God's very own faith. That faith is based upon what God said. God doesn't tease you. He doesn't manipulate you. When he promises something or he says this is what you should do, you will get this response. He's telling you that I am not going to jerk you around like we've seen happen with our leaders in government, with our leaders with finances, and sometimes even leaders of churches where I am manipulating and I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about where a person manipulates. Fallen human nature loves to manipulate because it's the nature of the devil. So that's why it's important when you go to the voting booth, you vote people that are, gonna, that are going to incorporate the Bible. Yes. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to get them to represent you and they're going to manipulate you. They're not going to deal with you in truth. What we've seen happen in the last, I don't know, six, seven years, we've seen a lot of deception come to the surface. That has been going on for decades. But the church has been remained silent. In fact, some churches don't want to deal with it because we're going to offend somebody. Can I help you to understand something? When a person's believed a lie all of their life and you tell them the truth, they're going to be offended. Because they can't believe they believed the lie. You know, I, I'm glad God gave me a wife that is not, you know, <laughs> that she's not, um, how would I say, a pansy. Yesterday, we were sitting outside eating a sandwich, and she looked at me and says, you need to blow your nose. (laughs) 
She had to tell me that two or three times, and I was over there trying to, you know. <laughs> My point is, she loves me. Now, listen carefully. She loves me. And by the way, that is another law that governs the new creation. It's called the law of love. It's mentioned in the New Testament, and it's God's love for us. God will never jerk you around. When he says something, he means what he says and says what he means. Now, we have trouble believing it because we have invested our whole being in believing lives. Do you know what belief is, right? Don't you? Belief is, is you taking something to your heart to be true. When you find out it's a lie... It hurts you, angers you, because your heart is designed to believe the truth. You follow what I'm saying? God designed you from the heart to lay hold of something that's being said and receive it as truth. All right, everybody here? Y'all love Jesus? Okay. Why I'm, I'm taking so much time with this is to build something to help you to understand. I, it, it, God has, has had to take me through all of my lifetime to lead me to this point to reveal something to this generation. And, and it, 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 to be honest with you, I'm kind of nervous. Because it is so holy and so sacred, and yet so many people ignore it because they don't understand it. These laws in the new creation, the law of faith acts, gives you access to the law of Christ. Now, it is the other laws, but we're going to deal with the law of Christ today, okay? Which is... The life of Christ, the power of Christ, and the fullness of Christ. If you haven't been reading as a Christian, you need to read everything in the New Testament says that in Christ, through Christ, with Christ... Because that's who God identifies you as if you are a believer. That's who he identifies you with. I didn't say that, that, that fallen human nature doesn't try to get you not to believe it. That's why when you get born again, you're not just an old sinner anymore. Now pay attention, pay attention. When we identify with that... We don't produce the righteousness of God. We produce a condemnation on our life. And Jesus came to remove a condemnation. Listen carefully. Condemnation means a confining. It's imprisonment. It's bondage. And Jesus came to lift that bondage off of you. He removed the burden and destroyed the yoke of that thing. 
But the system of the world is to keep you confined. Now listen very, 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 very carefully. A reformed sinner is still a sinner. Do you understand reform? Let me put it another way. If I take water and put it in an ice tray and I put it into the freezer, it turns to what? Ice. Is it still H2O? A reformed sinner is still a sinner. He didn't say, I came to reform you. He said, I came to transform you. You understand the difference? Many Christians don't understand this. They think that, that when we come to meet together, that we're come to put, you know, we come to put our time. I got to go to church. No, are you kidding me? I don't got to go because if I don't go, I'm going to go to hell because going to church can help you to go to hell. You say, well, he's anti-church. No, I'm not anti-church because it, I go to church because I am part of the church. Do you understand the difference of what I'm talking and referring to? I've had so many people, I know, I, I've had even revelators tell me, well, I know I ought to go to church as if I put some curse on them. Why do I go to church? Because I'm part of the church. It's in me. And so I naturally, as I see the day of his coming approaching, I'm going to go meet with the other members of the church. Why do I do that? Because there are some things at, at the end time that I want to, I have to know and I have to get with other believers because the world system is not going to help me. The world system is going to try to get me to stay in their bondage. Am, am I making sense? I think we need to turn to the Bible. Some of you are a little nervous. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. I mean, go with me to Colossians. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 1. I will be reading out of the modern English version for time's sake. Now listen very carefully. Don't get shook up. I use the King James. I was raised under King James. And after all, all you that believe that King James is the translation that Paul used, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> you're off about probably 13, 1400 years. Okay? I do use King James. A lot of times I preach out of it. But I'm going to use the modern English version because I want to get some understanding that I don't have time to go into. Everybody with me? Everybody still love Jesus. I'm, I'm not mad at you, and I'm not trying to poke this down you. I'm trying to give you understanding. And the Bible tells us to get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. So Colossians chapter number 1, we'll read verses 25 through 28. 
Paul speaking, I have been made a servant of it. He'll tell you what this is. Talking about the mystery. I have been made a servant of it according to the commission of God, which has been given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which has been hid from past ages and generations. Okay, it's been hidden. But now, Paul said, but now is revealed to his saints. To them God would make known what is the glorious riches of this mystery among the nations. Now, the word nations here means ethnic groups. I just want to make this statement. While the world is keeping us in bondage and the condemnation of racism, it can never free it. Do you know why? Because it's manipulated to keep you there. Jesus... And what he did with his death, burial, and resurrection eliminated that. There's neither male nor female. In other words, God has no preference males over females. Jew or Greek. Quit focusing. Paul said, I don't know man after the flesh. What does that mean? I don't look at the external. I look at the internal. I know no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. Am I making sense? Okay. He said, it's a, uh, this mystery among the Gentiles. It is Christ. This is the mystery. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So what is the mystery that's been hid? Christ, where? In you. Now, let's take the word Christ for a moment and let's, let's get an understanding of what that means. We know that that means Jesus, right? Everybody with that? But when Jesus, when he's referring to Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. Everybody say Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth is the, the righteous man. Man. Everybody say man. Because I want you to get this part. Jesus is all man. But he is also all God. He is not like the Greek God that is nothing but a fallacy where he's half God and half human. That's called Hercules. <laughs> and that's fantasy land. Jesus was all man and all God. Now, for 30 years, Jesus of Nazareth, the man, did do nothing but learn obedience. The Bible says he learned obedience. That, 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 that verse has always just kind of shook me up every time I think about this. God, who created the heavens and the earth in the form of a man, 
learned obedience? He subjected himself to obedience. And yet many Christians don't think they have to obey God. He learned obedience. And the Bible says he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. What does that mean, suffer? The things that he was confronted with. How many of you know that when you live on this planet very long, you're going to be confronted with some kind of suffering? So Jesus subjected himself on earth as a man to be confronted with the same sufferings, but he learned obedience to the Father during that pressure time. Everybody, everybody got that? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. For 30 years he did that. And then it goes on to say how God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus did no miracles for 30 years. Why? Because he was learning the obedience. Everybody here? He subjected himself to his parents. Mary and, 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 and Joseph. Okay? But when he went to be baptized by John in the River Jordan that all the prophecy might be fulfilled. He went down and he came back up. And when he came up, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove would hover and land. And at that point, a voice from heaven came out of heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. From that point on, you go check it out, read it in the Gospels. He, began, he went, was left there, went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days. And the Bible says after 40 days he come out. And when he came out, he came out with, uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he goes about and there's where his miracle ministry began. Okay? So the word Christ means, this is what it means, the anointed and his anointing. Okay? So what does the word anointed mean? Well, and the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 28, that the anointing will remove a burden and destroy a yoke. Prophetic. Remove a burden, destroy a yoke. After that, Jesus went about doing good, healing people, performing all kinds of miracles that, that just a human can't do on their own. What happened at that point was the Holy Spirit came on him and anointed him. Now, what does the word anoint mean? It means to rub in. You take, if your hands are cracked, uh, you know, rough, uh, you take lotion, guess what you do? You put some in your hand, but guess what you do with it then? You rub it in until it gets, sinks into your skin 
And now your, your, your skin now becomes pliable. And what used to hurt, see, I've, I've had rough hands throughout my life because I'm, I've, been, I've done labor, manual. Me and manual are good friends. <laughs> okay? And, and I know what it's like. And you, your hands can get cracked and sore from all that manual labor. But when you, when you anoint, all of a sudden now your hands become pliable and it doesn't hurt to do what I used to do. See, if I do it without the anointing of that lotion, it hurts. And when it hurts, when you're in pain, listen carefully, you cannot perform to your maximum potential. Everybody here? Y'all still love Jesus? Okay. So when Jesus was anointed coming up out of the waters of baptism, God took his God power. You follow? And he rubbed it in Jesus. So now he's going to do whatever he sees the Father do. That's, Jesus said this. Whatever I see the Father do, that's what I want to do. Whatever I hear my Father say, that's what I'm going to do. And in fact, he says, it's not me that doeth the works, but it's the Father that dwells in me. He does the works. So what happened was, God rubbed himself into Jesus, and now he is a man who has been anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the works of the Heavenly Father. Where? On earth. The word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. The New Testament says when a person believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, he's born into the kingdom of God and he, he or she becomes a member of the body of Christ. A member of the body of Christ. So now, as a believer, your spirit gets reborn, okay, recreated, so that you can, the Holy Spirit can come dwell in you and anoint you, the Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken that's what it says in the King James, your mortal body. What does that mean? He means he's going to make your mortal body alive with some, what, with what? The life of Christ, the life of the anointed one. Are you following me? So now you're not just a human out here fleshing around on this planet trying to do whatever you can and struggle and strain without any help and without any hope and hope to God I hope it's worth it all when I get through with it and you still can't get it done are, are y'all following me? but in, in Christ Jesus you're identified in Christ Jesus have you ever heard this phrase? you ever heard this verse? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. You ever heard that? Yes. Well, what, all things? Really? Well, I'm going to put it this way. You can do everything that God told you to do. 
Oh, yeah. That means even forgiving somebody did you wrong. So every time a person comes up, well, Pastor Ronnie, I just can't, you don't know, I just can't do it. I, I can't, I can't. You are carnally minded and you are condemned to stay there. And you know what the Bible says? Jesus said it. I didn't say it, but the Bible says Jesus made this statement. If you don't forgive, you cannot be forgiven. The trouble is we're trying to forgive out of a source of fallen human nature. And you can't do it. Because fallen human nature won't let you. You're condemned. You, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to yield to God. You're going to have to say, God, I thank you right now. You said I could forgive and I'm going to forgive by the grace of God, by your influence upon my heart. And I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to empower me to where that thing is no longer a jab in my side. Are, are you here? Yes. Oh man, the anointing's flowing. So what is the mystery? Christ in you. In the Old Testament, the anointing came upon and then lifted. In the New Testament, that anointing comes to live in you. And it's the very nature, character, life, power of Christ. Wow. Go with me, if you would, now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I just... Why do we need this? We need this because of what's going on in our generation. If we get to, we're in the last of the last days, my friend, and guess what? We got to have the power of God. Amen. This world's got to have the power of God. Yes. If you're going to keep depending on stupid politicians, you're going to keep having the same mess you had. First Corinthians chapter number 1. Verse 23, my numbers in here are small, so i got to look it up here. God, enlighten my eyes. All right, verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach what? But he say Christ. I, I want you to stay with me. So he's, not, he's referring to the man Jesus, but he's also referring to the anointing that came to us. Haven't you ever heard that we've been crucified with Christ? Yes. You were included. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jewish, to the Jews, and foolishness to the Greeks. But to those who are called, everybody say called. Because that word called means invited. Both Jews and Greeks, we preach Christ as the power of God and the wisdom of God. So Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. That word power is the Greek word dudamus. 
We get our English word dynamite from that. But it, it, it's even expanded beyond that. I usually stop right there with the definitions. But it goes beyond that. It, it does mean an explosive, explosive ability. But let me put it another way. How many of you ever pop big, I'm talking about big firecrackers. I'm not talking about the little bobcats. But you, okay? And you know, we use those and we have fun and it has a big bang and no substance. Yes? No? Okay. I used to try to blow up ant beds with it and it didn't work. The ants always won. <laughs> but... That's what we look at when we talk about this power. But in reality, if you take dynamite, people that use dynamite and understand dynamite are precisioned with it. How many of you ever seen one of these old buildings, high, uh, sky, uh, 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 skyscrapers or whatever that they want to get rid of? Those explosives are designed specifically to remove that skyscraper and make it implode upon itself to where it is no, when it gets through, it no longer was. Now you'll get an understanding of what we're talking about when we talk about the anointing and, the, uh, uh, and Christ, the power of God. He came to remove burdens and destroy yokes. This power now is not just an... Listen, I've been raised around Pentecostals all my life. And I've seen Pentecostals have no understanding of what I'm telling you. None. They think it's just an emotion. It's not an emotion. It's the person. The life. The character. The nature of Christ empowering you to live a life that is superior to fallen human nature. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? And so they'll get all excited. Getting emotional. Well, I, I understand the emotion. I remember when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Dad laid hands on me and said, when I lay hands on you, the power of, a, of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And when he did, I'm nine years old now. When he did, I went, whoa! Because I felt something. However, that wasn't for the feeling. Now listen carefully. I'm going to use, use an example. If I come up here with a vacuum cleaner... And I'm going and I'm just vacuuming, vacuuming like this. And I discover it's not working. It ain't picking anything up. And then I discover, hey, it's got to be plugged in. <laughs> now, when I plug it in and I hit that switch, all of a sudden, the vacuum cleaner makes some noise. All of a sudden, there is juice in the machine. So the vacuum cleaner starts making noise. That's what happens when a person gets baptized with the Holy Spirit. You may make some noise. But understand, the noise is not what 
the power's supposed to do. Are you following? It's to give life to something that was created to do something specific. So that it can function in the way it was created for what it was supposed to do. Are you with me? There are many, many people that have asked Jesus into their heart and our churches have not helped them understand the purpose of why they were even born again. My dad used to say it this way. The purpose of you making Jesus the Lord of your life is not to take you to heaven, but to put heaven in you. And if there's anything our system on this planet needs, the worldly system, they need a, the, the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And so many, many of us, I'm including us, we've lived in a world where they're starving for the truth. And we ain't giving them the truth because we don't know how to live it. Y'all with me? How many of you are going to give me five minutes? Okay. Thank God I'm not just taking five over here and five over there and five over there. That'd be 15 minutes. Okay. Now the key to accessing this is faith. Believing what God said. Now, if you read something in the Bible and God said it, God didn't say it to fill up space on that paper. He said it because he means it. And he's going to back up what he said. Now, another word for faith is the word faithfulness. Galatians 5, 6 says, Faith worketh by love. Another way of saying it is faithfulness works by love. In other words, faithfulness is activated by love. God is faithful because he loves you. In fact, the Bible says his nature is love. He is love. You don't even, you and I don't even know how to love without making him Lord of our lives. Once we make him Lord of our lives, we're going to learn how to love. Now, I'm saying this for a reason. That word faithfulness is also the word fidelity. Okay? It doesn't, it's a conviction. It's a deep-rooted conviction. When I say conviction, we're not talking about condemnation. Don't get those words mixed up. They're two different words. A conviction is, I am convicted. In other words, I am convicted because I love Zona. She's in my heart. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? She's in my heart. She doesn't have to make me come home every day. She's in my heart. And because she's in my heart, that love activates 
It activates my faithfulness. Once you understand that God is love and you receive his love and you know he will remain faithful, you know it. Even if nobody else knows it, you know it. Now, guess what that does? It creates a response at home. Woo, man. I want $100 from every married couple in here. <laughs> guess what it does? It activates a response. He ain't ever going to leave you. He ain't ever going to fail you. He ain't ever going to forsake you because he's in love with you. God so loved that what did he do? He didn't wait for you to give. He gave. And he was faithful to you even while you were a sinner. Now you receive that love. Once you receive that love, you now know. Listen. The cross of Jesus proves God loves you. Now, once you, once you enter into that and the law of faith or faithfulness now is activated because of the love that you have received, that gives you access, legal entry into the power of God. And many Christians never tap into it because they don't understand it. We've spent, invested too much of our time in using what we're doing today as an entertainment session. And God says in the last couple of years, I'm scrapping all that. Your time is running out and now I'm calling you to mature. I didn't even get to Ephesians. That's where we're going to go. Ephesians 3 and 4. Ephesians 3 and 4. He said, The great love wherewith he has loved us. I got a, a, a little thing on the mirror in our bathroom at home. And uh, Nita saw it. I've had it up there for years. And she saw it and rewrote it for me, made it plainer, because I wrote chicken scratch, you know what I mean? I knew what it meant, but I didn't care about anybody else. <laughs> and she thought, you know, well, if anybody's going to see that, they don't need to try to figure out what it said. Let's just make it plain so everybody can get it. And I, I say every day when I see that, thank God for the great love where you wherewith you have loved me and gave yourself for me. I start understanding that. Then I don't get afraid of the Holy Spirit. I invite Him. Wow. Father, we thank You right now. We give You praise and honor and glory. Lord, You see the mess that the world is in and You've given the body of Christ the answer. During all the untrustworthiness that's in our generation where people are fearful, untrusting, 
They're searching everywhere to find solid ground and truth. Lord, you have given the church the only solid ground that there is in a system that's falling apart where the devil's running rampant for he knows his time is short. You've given us members of your body the opportunity to demonstrate your power, your love, your wisdom to a generation that's totally confused. Father, we, we pray right now for not only those that are in the Ukraine, but we pray right now for those that are in Russia. Both sides are suffering because of leadership that has been influenced by the devil. Father, we thank you right now for your protection, supernatural intervention in this conflict. It not only affects those two nations, but it's rocking the world. Help us as body of believers to wake up and understand when we pray, we don't pray to see if you will do something. We pray knowing that your power is released to this generation. Glory be to God. Now, Father, if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you, Jesus, you said no man can come unto you except the Spirit of the Father draw them. I thank you for drawing them like a giant magnet. Pull on their heart. For the answer to their life's dilemmas is found in making you Lord of their lives. Father, I thank you that as you draw them, that they will just say, Lord, if you're real, if what he is saying is real, come into my heart. Transform my life. For I have no hope in this world. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I thank you right now. Glory be to God for your wisdom. Thank you for your wonderful wisdom. You're not moved by all the chaos that's in our society. Your word is as true today as it was when you spoke it from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It's just as true. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God for making it real to our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Father, if there's anyone that is, needs healing in their body, I thank you, Lord Jesus, you've given us the authority of your name to use, which we use right now, and we declare in the mighty name of Jesus, through the power of your resurrection, and through the merits of the cross, we rebuke that sickness and disease, and we minister right now in the spirit, healing. Thank you for a 
healing, recovery in the name of Jesus. Quickly, in the name of the Lord. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. That pain right now, somebody in the sound of my voice, I don't know if you're here or viewing by live stream, you're hurting physical pain. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare, Jesus, you took our pains. Thank you, Lord, right now that that pain is relieved in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Lord, we thank you for working a cure in their body. Glory be to God. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for we know that this is not the work of, mere, of a mere man. This is the work of your spirit. We give you the praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I want you to give me three minutes. I'm not preaching. I'm going to tell you something prophetically that you need to know. Sometimes we're so bombarded right now with things coming from different directions. But I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom that you cannot procrastinate on. You cannot. I don't have time to teach it. I will later on, but I can't do it right now. If, no, I won't even say if. You need to be putting some of your income in gold and silver right now. You need to be doing that. You say, Pastor Ronnie, what has that got to do with spiritual? Haven't you ever heard of Joseph telling, uh, you know, Pharaoh, listen, you're going to have seven years that are good and you're going to have seven years of uh, drought. And he foretold them so that the seven years of good would cause them to sail through the drought. I'm telling you right now, the conditions of fiat money. And you know what fiat money is? It's called paper. This is backed up by nothing more than what they tell us it's backed up by. There's no asset governing this right here. It's called a Federal Reserve Note. Meaning they can say it's worth about as much as they want to. Okay? The Bible tells us that gold and silver was all the way back to the Garden of Eden. How many of you have ever heard of this gentleman? Robert Kawasaki? Is that his name? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. How many of you ever heard of the book? Okay. This is what he says, and he's not coming from a preacher's standpoint. This is what he says. Gold and silver is God's money. This is man's money. This is influenced without God. Gold and silver is God's money. And you need to be taking some of that because I went to the grocery store Friday. I will send Pastor Zona next time. 
I came out of the grocery store and I figured, okay, we're getting groceries for a couple of weeks, you know, and it may be two fifty. Three hundred and fifteen dollars. And I mainly bought for me and her. Inflation is not seven and a half percent. By the way, when's the last time you put gas in? Okay. It's went up nearly in one day, nearly 10%. The point of what I'm saying is this is manipulated. And the Bible says God hates an unjust balance. He hates it. You must start being biblically wise instead of being worldly stupid. And I say stupid because that includes ignoring what God has to say. I don't get any benefit out of telling you this except that God loves you and he's forewarning you about something. I don't want you to be fearful. He's going to take care of you. But I remember, I remember, and most of the younger generation has no clue what I'm talking about. But I remember in the 70s, I remember the 70s, to buy a new vehicle, brand new vehicle with good credit, cost you 18% interest. And I thought, my God, I'd never buy a car then. It got to the point that you could only go and get gas on certain days of the week with your license plate number. And then you was sometimes limited to just $20. Well, $20 probably gets you fumes today. My point is... God's got the answer for all this stuff if we'll take him seriously. Amen. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, I don't have a lot of money to put in gold and silver. Okay, do you, do you think that you could reprioritize and come up with $100? You can buy, start with silver buying it for $100. I promise you, you will come back rejoicing here in a few months and telling Pastor Ronnie, you are anointed of God. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. Stand up with me, please. Father, we give you the praise and thanksgiving. We worship you. Thank you for your grace surrounding us like a shield, following us everywhere we go. We thank you, Father God, right now that you have, and we will hear your voice, by the way, and the voice of another we won't follow. And we declare, say that with me, I, we declare, in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among us. Father, I thank you as we leave this place that you fill us so full of your love that as we go into our everyday life, every person we come in contact with let your love, just help us to let your love flow out and touch them. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Give somebody a high five and say, I'm glad you were here today. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. 
For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.